another Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and unfortunately my co-host Tom is unfortunately not able to make it this week. So he'll be back next week, but this week he's uh, stuck in the cooler. But I'm uh, still joined this week by uh, Tyson Ferris, filmmaker and podcaster extraordinaire from Portland, Oregon. Welcome, Tyson. Ahoy, hoy. All right. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure having you on the show. So, Minute 41 begins with Colin explaining how he got here and ends with Roger detailing the plan. So, basically, we're going to be continuing uh, with what uh, happened last week. We had a whole conversation last week uh, between Handley and Colin where they were both trying to get a little bit of information from each other about what they do and why they're there and things like that. Basically... Henley was trying to figure out why someone like Colin is in this prison camp. So given a little bit of details at the end of last week where uh, he was told that uh, he went for a joyriding and got shot down. But he, he then reiterates his question and wants to know, what do you actually do here? Which, which is interesting because last week he asked, or the, in the last episode he asked, what are you doing here? As opposed to... Why, as opposed to what he says here, is what do you do here? So the difference here is is the, the differentiation between you know how to get to this place and how are you how are you useful? I guess you could basically yeah, cause say. Yeah, because he, he uh, why do pl- why do we need yeah, you? Pleasance doesn't strike you as the typical GI, does he? No, not at yeah. all. He also doesn't seem like your typical pilot. I mean, most of the, these are all yeah. pilots. Yeah. You know, every there. This is a camp of of, of uh, pilots. So, you know, when you when you're looking at who's there, you're going to try and wonder. Here's a guy who who doesn't look fit. He looks older than everybody else. Yep. He he has a little bit of strange things that he does with him. That that he does because you know he's he's walking around with a uh, with a tea kettle and <laughs> making himself tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not something that that you would think most uh, uh, typical players would would be interested in doing, and, and also has very interesting uh, pajamas uh, that he has with him. I mean, this is something that that, that, that we've discussed uh, just about every every uh, week of this podcast so far, that, that it's very strange the, the things that these uh, characters are able to have with them in the camp. I mean, if they're all in the Air Force, so the assumption is that they pretty much all had to bail out of a plane. Sure. You know, then when you're when your your plane's on fire and you're you're going down, you try to think of okay, what is it that I need to take with me? And certain things you you don't you don't say, oh, I'm going to grab my backpack, I'm going to grab uh, my pajamas, I'm going to grab a tea kettle. You know, there there aren't those are not the first things that would normally go through somebody's mind when when this type of thing happens. But I, but the uh, the Pleasance character, it was always. It's always been my read that, you know, this is a guy that was trying to get out of the service by stealing an airplane, right? <laughs> um, get out of the service? No. He he liked doing what he does. He's well, not Blofeld well, here. Well, you, you, you get, uh, I mean, yeah, there's going to be repercussions for joyriding an airplane, sure. right? No, but my, um, I've, always, I've always understood that to be that he didn't go out on his own. It wasn't that he stole a plane and, and went on it. That I mean, that was my impression. This is interesting. No, it's interesting oh, you mentioned that. Uh, I think the idea was that he said, oh, you know, it's much fun what everyone else is doing. I'm now going to go. He, he convinces someone to take him up. Because I think oh, later in okay. the film, 
you can pretty much notice, I mean, he is blind later in the film, but I think you, you figure out that, that, that he doesn't really know how to fly. You know? I, I thought it was that he, well, the blindness comes from doing all the forges, right? right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It, it exacerbates, uh, you know, the worsening eyesight. Yeah. Uh, um, my, myopia. Yeah. So yeah, I might have a bad read on that, but um, no. But that's an interesting take. I never even thought about that. Yeah. That, that, that. But that would, I think, that would explain how he got, you know, why he has, you know, the accoutrement he has, you know. Like um, that's true. Because that, if that's no, but like you, you've you've now blown my mind. I've I've seen this movie so many times. I've never thought about the fact <laughs> that that it can be interpreted that he actually stole plane. Interesting. And that's why he has all that's why he has his tea kettle and his pajamas and stuff, because he wasn't wherever he was going, he wasn't planning on coming wow. back. Wow. You've 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 really just blown my mind. Okay. There's no question. Well hey, that's that, that's that, what I'm here that, for, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean it's something that, 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 that makes it, it it it's strange, but it makes sense. You know, especially knowing that he that he turns into Blofeld. <laughs> so, you know, he's he's got his his uh, mind. Yeah. Also, uh, just, is, already does, working does, for him. Does Donald? Ple- I feel like Donald Pleasant's always the same age. Like he's never, <laughs> even like in the <laughs> Halloween Six, like he still looks the same as he does here. Like he just is always like this. I don't know. It's just Bold, older man. O- older never. Man. I don't yeah. know if he yeah, ever. Yeah. I've never seen a young Donald Pleasant's like. <laughs> wow, you're right. Maybe, maybe he's yeah. maybe he was ageless. Maybe he, wow, that, that's a, and his basically his his response to to Henley is is that oh, what am I doing here? I'm the forger. Which which actually, if you think about it, it, it makes sense that that someone who's dealing with aerial reconnaissance, you know, he's 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 in charge of looking over photos and and you know giving his opinion on things and stuff like that. It. it it's not that far of a jump to to say, okay, you know, he's actually also able to to do the forging aspects of of things, you know, especially later on when we see, you know, how uh, how intelligent yeah. he is when he's talking about birds. <laughs> you know that that's definitely true. Now, did you notice the way that he makes his tea? I mean, this a uh, little bit starts in in the, the the last minute, but it's very strange. I mean, I I'm not a tea, tea drinker. I don't really drink tea, but I've never seen anyone put milk in the tea before they pour yeah, the water. Yeah, isn't that a I think that's a British thing, isn't it? It's to not uh it could, it's it could to be. not uh like shock the milk, I think is is Yeah. Okay, that could be. That, that's, I that's drink tea, but I don't put uh, milk in it. So, uh, yeah. again, the <laughs> Yeah. Right. I don't, I don't I don't even drink coffee either. So so but I don't know people who put put milk in their coffee beforehand. No. People who put sugar, yeah, in, you know, in their coffee before they pour the the water. I do know it's that I do, I've seen. Yeah, and I then do you know pour it's a little bit of milk in at the end. I do know it's a British thing to put the tea in after you put the water in, because I know I know I I think it's typical in America we put the tea in and then we pour the water over it. Um, but they actually, my understanding is that proper etiquette is to put the tea in after the hot water's in, and that's uh, not, uh, you know. Uh, Apparently it it's easier on the tea leaves to bring out the essence or whatever. So I don't know the logic behind it, but anyway. Hmm, it's interesting. I mean, I actually did a little bit of research about why people put milk into their uh, into tea. The answer was that they they would actually 
use uh, china cups that were oh. so delicate that if they if it was too hot when they put the tea in, it would crack. So they actually added the milk in to cool the liquid, and the the cups just wouldn't crack, which is actually air. If I continue, it says that that's the reason why people put the milk in before they add the tea. It's it's turned into one of those things, you know, that uh, interesting that that people continue doing even though they don't need to. Yeah, all, all of my, all of my knowledge off of this is because I just uh, watched the Schneider cut of uh, of Justice League, and there's a scene where Alfred is telling Wonder Woman how to uh, to make the tea properly. So, um, and he and he says you put the milk in first. Well, you the uh, you put the you put the tea in afterwards as to not shock the leaves. I believe is what he says. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I I I saw I saw the the. Uh, the snort about a, a month and a half ago. Yeah. I don't recall that, that aspect of it. Cause I, I didn't do it minute by minute, <laughs> even though there is a minute by minute podcast of it. Wow. Uh, that I'm aware, I'm aware of. I've, I've heard it. I heard someone was doing it. Cool. I haven't, haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Maybe, maybe uh, I will at some point. Well, they're pretty, so quick, that pretty quick on the uptake there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that just came out. <laughs> Correct. So basically, you have uh, the scene between uh, Henley and Colin, and then the uh, the scene switches off that we get to see the the courtyard. Now, what what's really fascinating to me is that it looks like I mean everyone's walking two by twos. You know, it, it's you know they're mm-hmm. on their way to Noah's Ark or something like that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's just it looks funny looking at. It. I mean, I, I understand from one perspective that they're trying to make it look as if they're they're exercising or they're just going out for a stroll. Or uh, whatever it is, it's just oh, it it just looks a little strange. Well, I I thought this was like regulated walkabout time, and this is the way they're told to walk around. It's possible. That is definitely possible. Because it's all around the perimeter, right? And yeah, uh, where they can be, you know, uh, watched very. Right, but. But I, I've never gotten the impression in the in in the uh, you know, in the movie that they actually forced them to do anything. It was the idea that you know it wasn't that they had recreation time. That okay, you can walk around for the. They're allowed to walk sure, around the whole time. Sure. You know, they weren't. It's this yeah. was a work camp. But but given that, if if you could walk around whenever you want, there wouldn't there theoretically wouldn't be so many people walking around at the same time. Mm-hmm. So so it, it sort of makes sense what you say also that there is designated times. To, to walk around. So basically you have Roger and Mac uh, walking and talking and right behind them you have Griffith and, and Sedgwick that are talking and they're, they're basically discussing where all of the different uh, groups of Organization X are going to be doing their, their work. So basically say the Forgers are going to be in the Recreation Hut. Uh, I guess later on we'll see them do the, the bird classes and things like that. You know, the bird drawing and bird calling and all that stuff that Cullen does. Then Cedric says that he's in uh, 110, Griffiths is in 109, Mel um, says he'd like to work in 107, which which is also an interesting contrast because, you know, you have a statement that three of them are in specific places, and then one of them says, well, you know, if I can, I'd like to work in this one, instead of stating the obvious that, okay, I've already taken over 107, that's where I want to work, you know, that's where I'm working. And then they mentioned that the, the first uh, tunnel team of Danny and Willie is going to be uh, in 104. So it, it's interesting that that I mean, when you look at Attenborough's face throughout the entire movie, he's he's obviously the one hundred and seven comment. I think he's 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 pitching that idea to Attenborough, right? 
Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Like it's kind of he's asking like this is what I'd like. That's his way of posing, you know, you know, if it's okay because he's obviously in charge, you know. Yeah. So I think that's his way of uh you know posing that question. Is, yeah. Is, this is this is the job I'd like to be doing, you know, if it's okay with you, sir. Right. You know? Exactly. Especially since it's a McDonald's charge of intelligence. So so yeah. one oh seven, yeah. you know, must be uh must work better for somebody who's uh trying to do some intelligent work there. Or whatever. Yeah. I like uh the shot before the before we get into the conversation, I love how this film takes its time. Like this establishing shot of them walking it just goes on for, you know, it's a fair bit of this minute. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, and I, 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 I like how it, it does that because all these guys have is time. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like nothing is rushed because, There's no reason you know, they have it. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, I think that the film is kind of uh, mimicking, you know, uh, you know, the pacing is kind of mimicking, you know, their situation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, when you're dealing with a movie that's 172 minutes, uh, uh, you you would think that they would try and skimp on time. Uh, but Sturgis goes the opposite way. Yeah. With what you're, I agree with what you're saying. He, he wants it to help establish things uh, visually. Yeah. So that we know where they are, what they're doing, you know, how they you know, spend their time. Things like that, and and it works because even just those few seconds of of showing them walking around gives us so much information that that it's just you know it's just amazing that uh, that's that a, it's that a this is a fantastic film in regards to I mean many ways but in regards to you uh, you know geography and knowing exactly. I mean, I would defy, I bet just about anybody that would watch this film, they could, they could draw you up a, you know, a blueprint of exactly what the camp looks like, where the tunnels are, you know, I mean, it it does such a good job at, 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 you know, letting the audience know where everything is and what's happening. Um, So it's it's interesting to never give you a full shot of the whole camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm assuming that the reason is because they didn't build the whole thing. You know, they, they didn't, I don't think they built an entire camp to, to make this, but that would have been more fascinating if, if they would have had at least one shot, even just with a little diagram, you know, having someone look at the diagram and say, okay, this is where 104 is. This is where 105 is. This is, you know, to get you, give you a, a, a better visual image of specifically where everything is. But even without that, it's still, it's still, mm-hmm. I think I think nowadays they would have they would have done that. They would have given us a, a better visual of of how the whole camp is. Oh yeah, there would have been some you know, CG a, thing that came from outer space and like went all the way down to the camp and through the tunnel and right. you know. Exactly. <laughs> for sure. No, I mean a perfect a perfect example of a, a relatively modern movie that does this is is Titanic. You know the 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 whole idea that that at the beginning of the movie they they give you a little intro to what exactly happened at what point, you know, like where, you know, uh, where the flooding was, you know, between all the compartments and then, and then having the sure. ship split in half and stuff. And it, it, I've always been fascinated by that fact that, that they, you know, they take three or four minutes at the, the very, even less probably at the, towards the very beginning of the movie, just to, to tell you what's going to happen more or less. But then you have it in your, in your mind. You could, when, when things happen later on, you think about it and you say, wow, I've seen where that is. I know that, that what they're talking about. Um, yeah, 
and and modern movies do that a lot more uh, based on, I mean what you said specifically just by by having the the CG shot of uh yeah I, of all that stuff I, I love that you bring that up because in this minute we have a bit of that um with Attenborough saying he wants to he wants to risk it and not do any shoring shoring, shoring up. up of the tunnels which you know that's uh you know that's foreshadowing the tunnel collapse later. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, this, uh, as as I'm sure you know, this is based on 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 a real real event. Mm-hmm. This isn't just fiction. I mean, it's based on a book that uh, it based based on a, a, the real escape that happened. You know, during World War II, where 76 prisoners did get out. Um, you know, every, everything the the, the general storyline is true. The specifics is. Is where they, uh, you know, Hollywood sure. is the whole thing. The idea was is they had collapses yeah. all the time, and and part of it was because they didn't have enough wood to shore up everything. And so the idea of, of doing it without shoring up at the beginning, you know, is is uh, you know it's not the smartest idea, but if it's if it's going along with the reality of what it, what specifically happened, yeah, then that makes yeah. sense, you know, for them to try to to fight. And then, I mean, he continues, and besides saying that they're going to uh, press ahead without doing the shoring up, so he he even mentions the fact that you know, well, we're, we're still going to need a lot yeah. of wood, though. <laughs> we're going to need wood for to, to you know to to to, to still shore up uh, not the tunnel itself, but the the different chambers that they would make in the sure. the tunnels. So, and and obviously later in the movie, you can see where uh, where, where this comes into to play. The whole time, so they, they they do a really nice job of that. We talk about this a lot on our uh, on in uh, you know in the Jaws minute. We talked about it a lot, and it's uh, you know it's that whole uh, it's referred to as a device, you know, referred to as Chekhov's gun, and uh, it's uh, uh, it's where if you you know if you if you in the first act if you see a, a gun on a mantle. Uh, in the third act, the gun has to go off, you know, you know, so that's kind of, it's kind of, this is, this is Chekhov's, uh, you know, shoring, I guess. So, (laughs) so that's true. Yeah. And it works really well. There's a reason you see it pop up in, (laughs) in narratives time and time again. Um, It's because it works really well. That's very true. Right. All right. Well, uh, Tyson, do you have anything else to say about this minute? Nope, I think we got it. All right, you should come back tomorrow. Continue talking about this. I, I yeah, well, uh, I, I brought my sleeping bag, and that works. That works. Uh, do you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, uh, you can listen to me and my uh, my partner Jeremy uh, on the Real Jaws Minute. Uh, we've done the entirety of Jaws as well as. Uh, uh, some longer form uh, kind of season two stuff um, where we go through uh, Jaws-esque films and uh, the Jaws uh, sequel, um, which we did not believe deserved a minute-by-minute treatment. <laughs> I, I think you're somewhat grateful. I think most of us are grateful that you decided not to do that. <laughs> yeah, So, but yeah, minute-by-minute, the real Jaws minute, and then we got a new one coming out soon uh, called Bad at Movies, uh, where it's a three-person podcast, and one of us hasn't seen the film we're talking about. So, Ooh, they, so, so they're, one of us is, is a, a virgin to the movie that we're talking about. So Cool. Yeah. All right. Looking forward to hearing that. So okay. while you're... 
while you're out uh, checking out, checking that out, you can uh, rate, review, and subscribe on any podcatcher that you might be using to be listening to the show. You can uh, send us an email at thegreatminute@gmail.com. Our Facebook group is The Cooler. Our website is thegreatescapeminute.com. And you can reach us on Twitter at greatescapemxm. So, until tomorrow, tally-ho! Tally-ho!